Worldwide Youth Radio. Hello and welcome to this episode of Youth Talk, brought to you by Kids Count UK and the Worldwide Youth Radio, and presented by me, Gabe Morris. Youth Talk is the show where we discuss big issues facing the youth of today. The, pod- the podcast is available on Spotify and all other major podcast providers. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome to uh, the podcast series. And do let your friends know about this because we'd love to have more people on board. Worldwide Youth Radio. On today's episode of Youth Talk. University students have been somewhat forgotten during the COVID-19 pandemic. Lectures and seminars have been moved online. University graduations have been cancelled. Some students have labelled the current cohort the forgotten generation. Coronavirus is affecting student mental health in so many different ways. Uh, The charity Mind did a coronavirus survey and the results revealed the following. People aged 18 to 24 reported worse mental health and well-being during the 2020 lockdown in the United Kingdom. And nearly three quarters of students said their mental health declined during the lockdown. A petition to the government to require universities to put... uh, partially refund tuition fees for the 20 to 21 period due to COVID-19 received over 270,000 signatures. Parliament debated this issue last September saying higher education providers must deliver high quality courses. If students are unhappy, they should first complain to the provider or the Office of Independent Adjudicator for Higher Education. But can students get a refund? Well, the short answer is probably no. Students may be entitled to a refund if they feel that they haven't received an adequate quality of education this year. But it is difficult to get that system to uh, work. It doesn't really provide a universal way for uh, refunds to take place. Some people don't have managed to get refunds for tuition. Uh, The student website, The Tab, reported that one in 30 students who asked for a refund did receive one. And then there's also the issue of rent. Students are renting properties and many of these are still dormant with no students in. I think it's been reported today that there's been over a billion pounds worth of uh, tuition. I mean, not sorry, of rent that students haven't been living in. There's so many issues here. But as always, we are joined by a group of young people. Uh, first, going to go to uh, Zena. She is a student at the University of Liverpool. Uh, hello, Zena. Do you, how do you think the current situation? Do you think it's fair? Hi, um, yeah, obviously, as a student, I'm probably a bit biased, but I do think it's very unfair. Like, I understand that it's not university's fault that COVID, this pandemic's occurred, but at the same time, I feel like they could have taken, you know, been a bit more understanding. Like, so many people are um, paying double rent um, or they've gone home, but they still like they still have to pay rent things like that like that are like um separate to the university but still things you've got to take into consideration so food rent bills there's so many things um which really are an unnecessary thing when you're not having face-to-face teaching so yeah there aren't really many positives to be honest Interesting what you say there about uh, renting our properties. We're going to come back to that uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But uh, next, uh, let's go to Erin. Erin's new to the youth panel, so welcome on board. Uh, She is a student as well at the University of Liverpool. 
Uh, so Erin, are you happy with the quality of your education? It's it's hard because I so I'm a music student um, and I have currently been denied access to my department. So I'm not allowed to use the recording studios, which a lot of my degree is sort of focused on. I can't use practice rooms. And because I live in a flat, it's very unfair on my flatmates and the peoples in the other flats if I am belting a musical theatre song <laughs> at some point in the middle of the day because I have nowhere else to practice. Um, some it work, Some lectures work online. They're, they're doable, but the practical side of things I have really struggled with. So what have you been doing then with the practical side of things? What have you actually managed to do? Um, so one of my modules is we set up a record label and we I was part of the tech team. In an ideal circumstance, I would have been in the recording studio recording our artists. However, um, I was sat in my room and the artists were recording from home and I had practically no involvement whatsoever. So how that is teaching me how to run a recording session, how to be part of a record label, I don't quite know. Um, but yeah, it's... And then in terms of practising, I haven't really sung properly for a long time and I just have to be very quiet. I'm sure that's a, it's definitely a huge concern on your education um, have you talked to uh, your student experience team about this at all um we've spoken to our lecturers um especially for the record label yeah um and we said and because there was a point where for a little while people were allowed in to record but then when we went into lockdown everyone was denied access and we then couldn't get the tracks that we had, had recorded in time for the deadline um, and the lecturers literally said there is nothing we can do um this is these are the rules and there are some people that have been allowed in but even when they try and get into the building their cards don't work so technically they're allowed in but physically they can't actually get in there so and what's the reason for some students being allowed in because they are doing um a so their independent project is the performance module which requires them to practice with other bands. However, because I'm not doing that module, I can't go in there and practice by myself. Do you think that's unfair? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. So I would imagine then you'd be quite keen for the government to maybe change some of the educational rules to allow practical subjects like your uh, your music, popular music course to allow access in, in, into the building to use the facilities you actually need. Some courses, I guess, are absolutely fine online. Um, but of course, like yours, you're probably going to want to go online. But no, not online, go into the building. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... I, w- I would much prefer to be in person. And because music is such a collaborative degree anyway, I, I haven't connected with any of my... Well, anyone else that's on my course because we can't we can't be together and yeah it's just it's, it's been really hard basically we'll pick up some of those thoughts uh, a little later but let's go to ellie now uh, she's a history student at royal holloway university uh, so i guess history is uh, pretty much adaptable to online uh how have you found it this year yeah actually um 
It's interesting. I think the problem for mine, because, I mean, history is supposed to be a fairly independent degree anyway. You are supposed to do most of it yourself. And I'm in my final year, so it really is. I think I'm only supposed to have about six hours of contact time. So it's pretty pathetic anyway in terms of the money we're paying. But we'll ignore that fact. But um, but the thing that gets us is all of my all of my teaching is in two hour seminars. So it's screen time, really. Um, yeah. And if you've got a lot in one day, as well as writing essays and doing all of your reading online as well. So I'm a big person for getting the books out. And whilst we can still access our library, um, often the books that I need aren't either in our library or someone else has got them. Um, so I have to kind of use online archives, which, again, it's just added screen time. So it's like, to be fair, I've actually compared to a lot of other degrees, um, I'm definitely a lot better off than I could potentially be um, as a uni student. But I think in terms of just general mental health and kind of difficulties with screen time, that's not been ideal. Um, and also attention spans as well. So our, because our seminars are two hours long and, we're, and they are seminars, they're not lectures, you are expected to contribute by about 50 minutes. We're all done and you can literally see it on the screens. Or, and, then, yeah. and then you've got the people that just won't turn their cameras on as well. So you've got like no communication at all with them. Um, no idea what the interaction is and sometimes it really does feel like a one-sided conversation between you and your seminar leader and that just I know I'm not the only one that has that problem but um, and I think it's just it's it's more complicated but I definitely would say I've been lucky out of what it, what it could have been like. Well yeah. some might say that one-sided conversation with the uh, lecturer academic advisor is actually a good thing it's almost one-on-one tutoring uh, but I guess you don't get the uh, inputs of your peers. Mm. Yeah, I think the, it's an interesting thing. I think in first year, I took it for granted. Debate is quite a big part of history. Okay. Um, and I think this year, it, when it finally hit home, it's like, oh, I can't actually really do it. And with MS Teams as well, because it is so entertaining, if you haven't updated it, you only see one person. So you can't see who's looking to speak or what's going on and like raising hands and fine. But it's still like it's yeah. a real pain because you just can't work it out. So, um, yeah, it's not great for debates or conversations or really bouncing off each other at all, which is what my degree is designed for. So it's not great. But, yeah. We'll pick up some of the uh, challenges of online learning a little later. And finally, uh, we are joined by Rachel. She's also a student at Royal Holloway. I've paired everyone together as University of Liverpool versus Royal Holloway again. Um, how are you finding your current educational experience uh, so far uh, this year, Rachel? Well... I mean, I'm really on the fence about it, if I'm honest. I think there are some aspects that I definitely have really missed this year, but there are also aspects that I think have been adapted really well to being online. Um, so things like our lectures, we never normally had kind of seminars that we discuss stuff. Our, our teaching is predominantly lecture-based. Some subjects will have seminars, but discussion isn't really a major part of our degree in terms of discussion in the classroom like if we want to discuss things outside the classroom that's perfectly within our control to do that and we still do that now um but in terms of kind of missing out for the online aspect i guess the only thing we're really missing out on i suppose is the face-to-face -face interaction because our degree is about understanding people you know whether that's our lecturers our peers people that we're working with it is a bit of a shame to be missing out on getting that connection with your lecturers and your peers um, and then also I took a neuroscience module and we were studying the brain. And so we did miss out on some lab time in person, but our lecturer was fantastic and he basically put it all online. So he did the lab stuff and we could see what he was doing. So it was kind of like a 
halfway between what we wanted to do, but we still sort of got the experience. So I think the lecturers have done quite a good job at coping. I do understand it's been difficult, though. So mixed emotions. Yeah. Um, so you say actually there's a bit of positives coming from uh, the uh, online discussions. Uh, but don't you think that maybe it maybe it's a flaw in previous years that perhaps the course maybe wasn't fully thought out in the terms of discussion? I mean, I really don't know. I think, I mean, I haven't known any different if I'm being completely honest. That's just the way we've yeah. been taught. Um, and it's really interesting to be able to have those lecturers, to learn from our lecturers and the experience they have, you know, to look up their papers on the internet. We can all still do that fine. And in some ways, I suppose, because we're using MS Teams, our policy from our department is we're not allowed cameras and we're not allowed our mics on. So there is literally no interaction at all aside from the lecturer's face that you see and she gives the lecture. And then you can communicate either by raising your hand to ask a question or typing it in the chat. But it's a lot more impersonal. And I think that means that a lot of us feel more able to ask questions when we wouldn't have done in a lecture hall full of, say, 150 students. Just to clarify, you said no cameras on. Yes. That seems very unusual most courses i've been on they've told you to put the cameras on or from other people i've heard uh, do you know is there a reason behind that i think it's more to do with online etiquette to be okay. honest because for our course i know it's probably very different for history but in one of my modules last year i think there were like 160 of us on the oh, teams wow. meeting and so to have 160 people all with their videos on i think there was some logistical technical reason as to why we're not supposed to be having cameras on but in smaller groups like I've got a research seminar project this year and there's only six of us so we do have our cameras on because we all know each other quite well um so yeah I guess swings and roundabouts <laughs> uh, we'll come back to the youth panel uh, shortly in the show if you would like to have your say on today's discussion send us a message at www worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact and we're now joined by Maggie she is a student at Queen Margaret's University in Edinburgh and is originally from uh, near Berlin in Germany uh, how are you doing Maggie yeah I'm not too bad how about you I'm doing great thank you thank you for joining us uh, uh, on today's uh, podcast so being an international student studying in the United Kingdom how have you how have you found it especially with covid at the moment um so i've started uh, studying in the uk back in 2019 um and i've really enjoyed studying here and my course so far um however obviously the situation has been very difficult um when the covid situation started to pick up um for example, in March, uh, everyone was trying to go home. So for us international students, everyone was trying to get back home. And um, it's been pretty difficult, you know. So for example, I um, tried to get on a plane back home. Um, lots of flights were cancelled, which was pretty weird, you know, um, this whole pandemic hitting and you not being able to go back home, see your family, um, see friends back home. And um, yeah, so that's been quite hard. Um, I'm lucky to have 
a great support network. However, I feel like that might have been pretty difficult for anyone um, fighting any other obstacles like financial issues or family issues. Um, so, yeah. Did you did you manage to get back to Germany last year? Uh, I did in the end. Yeah. Uh, I think it took me two weeks though and about three cancelled uh, wow. flights and I didn't get any direct flights. So, yeah. <laughs> and they were pretty expensive too. Yeah, that must be really annoying. Um, are you, I guess you're back in at Queen Mary's now or are you remotely studying? Uh, no, I'm still back in Germany. Oh, you're still back I'm in Germany? Okay. remotely. Okay. Yeah. So how are you finding that then? Because you haven't got the, the social um, the social support you'd have with fellow students at Queen Mary's. I'm sure you, you've got friends uh, over in Germany, but you haven't got the, the course friends you can see, I guess. Is that, is that a struggle? Uh, definitely. Um, I think I'm just pretty lucky to have made friends uh, over the last academic year. Uh, friends that I'm still in touch with. Um, unfortunately, we're not on the same course. Uh, however, uh, we're still in touch. Uh, so that's been a great support. And um, my uni is doing everything it can uh, to support our students in this difficult situation. Um, however, yeah, the, the social uh, part is definitely missing. So for example, when we're doing group projects now, um, we have to do it over Zoom, um, or just any online platform, uh, which is pretty hard. Also, um, I, I don't know about other students, but um, I am in Germany, obviously, so there's only a time difference um, by one hour. Um, I imagine that must be pretty difficult too if you're in the US, for example, and you'd have to find the time to do a group project um, between the US and the UK. That might be pretty difficult. Yeah, I'm sure it actually really is. One hour, I guess, is copable. Um, I guess. The worst thing is, it's lecture, last lecture is usually at five o'clock. So I guess the worst situation would be having to work at six short time in Germany. Is, is it an hour, an hour ahead, aren't you, in Germany? Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. no, yeah. So I guess that it's not too bad, but yeah, America. Yeah, that would be bad, wouldn't it? Um, so in Germany, excuse my naivety here, is, um, is Germany in lockdown currently? We're still in lockdown um, until at least... Um, I think 7th of March. Um, we have been in quite a strict lockdown since I think December, was it? So only like supermarkets and essential shops are open, um, which is hard. Um, you can only meet one other household um, and we have to wear medical masks in shops or just buildings inside. Um, however, that gives me lots of time to um, revise, do um do stuff for uni you know <laughs> so i guess that's one advantage of the whole situation i guess uh it's quite a similar situation here in the united kingdom though we can't actually go and see any other people outside of our uh, oh, household really? so somewhat maybe you're in a somewhat better situation in uh germany <laughs> um so you left last march i suppose maybe early april did you have a uh, uh accommodation still you were, were you still renting accommodation over in edinburgh yeah, I was living in halls at the time. Um, that was actually quite difficult too because everyone left so suddenly and 
I was only planning on going back home to Germany for like a month or so until the situation would calm down, I thought. Um, turns out I was only back in September. Um, I had to uh, bring all my stuff to storage um, at a later date, had to pay for that. Um, I guess I was quite lucky that the um, contract for accommodation was only up until... I think was it May, July, um, so I didn't have to pay for rent after, um, but you know I still paid for a few months that I wasn't there, um, and yeah, so I was living in uni um, accommodation. So you got no rent reduction or anything? No, I don't think we got any. No. Uh, would you have liked a bit of rent reduction, maybe, because you weren't living there? <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I think a few students were talking to a uni about that, but I don't think um, there was a great outcome from that. Um, I think they only let other students who weren't able to go home stay for longer, um, but they didn't give us any rent reduction, sadly. I know some universities uh, did do rent reductions for students staying in university-owned halls, um, but if you're at, uh, in a private accommodation, then things were a little different mm-hmm. um so second the year the academic year we're in now 2020 to 2021 did you have any accommodation booked for this year no okay. i didn't so, so a bit of a lucky escape our, <laughs> yeah our uni wanted us to come back um however i just didn't think it was realistic and now i'm pretty glad i stayed home because you know of the whole new uh, virus variant um, and also because rent uh, there is more expensive um, so that was a good choice definitely I know of a few friends who went back however they are now moving back to their home countries too because they just um, found it took a toll on their mental health not being able to see people you know they were in lockdown anyway um, so I'm quite glad I decided the way I did so are you paying for, I don't know, you might have a scholarship or some sort of tuition fee reduction, but are you still paying full tuition fees uh, to study here in the United so Kingdom? So luckily, as I am an EU student, I don't pay any tuition fees in Scotland, okay. uh, which I'm quite glad about because the whole concept of tuition fees in itself, uh, I find a bit problematic. Um, however, I know that lots of people have been... Uh, really angry they have to pay tuition fees for this kind of um, education you know because I I don't know uh, how the situation is like at other universities but we've had minimal uh, contact hours um, so I can definitely understand that there's um, lots of problems there and I think there should be some sort of negotiation or reduction of tuition fees um, so I definitely support that and yeah Especially now with the Brexit, where internationals have to pay even higher fees, you know. Yeah, I get that. Um, so you're studying applied pharmaceutical, some I can't say the word pharmaceutology. Um, so I'd imagine that's quite applied a pra- pharmacology. Pharmacology, <laughs> that's the word. I'd imagine it's quite a uh, practical <laughs> subject. Yeah. Um, well, so in uh, I only joined in second year, um, and back then I was still nutrition, so um, okay. I switched um, courses again. Um, but in first and second year, we had lots of labs. Mm-hmm. Um, however, 
our professors told us that apparently in third year there's not a lot of labs um which i guess is quite good timing for us so don't really miss anything apparently um but yeah first and second year we've got quite a lot of labs um which i'm glad i could attend back then still how's the support been then from the university because you're miles away from campus miles away from your uh, academic advisors or uh, tutors how how has the support been do you think it's been better worse the same as it would have been being in person on campus so i think our professors are definitely doing the best they can um they don't like the situation either and i've found them really really helpful um so i've had a few pat meetings so um the personal academic tutors um and I mean, they're making the most out of this and they're trying to make sure um, that if you're not attending lectures or seminars to check in with you, see what's going on, which I've found um, really helpful. Or they're always um, saying if there's anything that's bothering you, even if it's not uni related, you can always go and uh, talk to us. Um, And we've had a really great lecturer who's uh, recently um, passed away, sadly. Um, He's been the backbone of the program. Um, He's been awarded uh, with the student awards for professors every year. And I know that lots of people have only um, really loved this program because of him. And he he was just an excellent professor he was always there and um the professors we have now are trying to make sure to keep up that level of support so i think i'm definitely quite lucky to have that uh, network of support sounds like you have a really good uh, support network there sounds a lot better than other universities uh, university students we have spoken to um do you think okay all things considered with covid your final grade do you think it's going to be affected because of the situation or do you feel quite happy you're going to get the best grade you possibly could? Um, so I would definitely say the quality of education is not the same um, for sure. Um, so I think for me what I really miss about not having online uni is just the um, directly speaking to the professor after lectures if you don't really get anything um, or you know um, having group meetings that kind of stuff um, I would say my grades are I think about the same as they were last year um, however I also put a lot of work in um, I think that in general students now have to definitely um put more work in they've got a higher uh, workload um but i don't think it's really affected my grades luckily um i try and make sure to keep up with um the material that's being put up online um however that's also really stressful for example if the lecturers are not posting about when they're uploading their lectures and i've got that constant anxiety that i need to check um when materials being uploaded um and i think you know a lot of people are struggling with their mental health or financial issues and just the whole uncertainty of it all so i definitely think it's taking a toll on um 
on grades, um, definitely, yeah. With all that uh, considered, then, do you think there should be a no deterrent policy introduced? Sorry, say that again? Do you think there should be a no deterrent policy introduced at your university or maybe a safety net on the grades? Uh, I think similar universities have introduced such policies so your grade couldn't dip below um, your average grade from uh, previous study years. Oh, right. Um, I would I would definitely um, agree to such thing being installed um, because I know lots of people are struggling, as I've said before, you know, um, I think anxiety rates are really high now. For example, in Germany, you can't uh, get an appointment with a psychologist. The wait list is so long. Um, people's mental health is really bad. You know, you don't have proper routines anymore. Um, and I know lots of people are grieving because they've lost a loved one um, or just, you know, tricky situations where you don't have the greatest internet connection or you have to share a room with your brother or sister. And so definitely that should be put in place. Yeah, because I think the it really takes a strain on um, your mental health and that will show in grades. Cool. Thank you very uh, much, Maggie, uh, for uh, telling us about your uh, thoughts and opinions of studying in the UK as a international student while studying remotely at the moment. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and I did mean to say no detriment, not no deterrent policy. My bad pronunciations there. We are always looking for new youth board members. If you would like to join us, send us a message at www worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact well some very interesting thoughts there from a uh, university uh, student at queen mayor uh, queen margaret sorry university up in scotland uh, maggie war is originally from berlin she still is in berlin actually right now so uh, before we move on with the discussion on the show do any of our youth panels have any uh, thoughts they'd like to share on that or are we happy to move on Uh, Ellie, do you have something you would like to say? I think it's just, it really does show and put it into perspective that in certain ways we've been really lucky. So the fact that I've always been able to get to my university pretty much, I'm still very lucky to get a part-time job and that my university communicate with me and I can, like I'm at least in the same country <laughs> as my uni. Um, and I think all of the extra stress that goes with the flights and the family difficulties and just kind of the different rules as well in terms of your country's policy um, and what the rules are traveling backwards and forwards, which I'm sure are going to last for quite a bit longer, actually looking at what the current plan is. Um, I think it really is, it really does put it into perspective that we've actually been quite lucky. It really does, doesn't it? Uh, anyone else have any thoughts I'd like to share? Uh, I'll go to Rachel. Yeah, so I think it was really interesting to listen to that interview. Mm. Um, I think even though, you know, international students and students studying at home, I suppose, um, are kind of struggling in different ways, I think it really highlights the similarities as well. You know, we've all, no matter whether we're international students or not, we've all struggled with this dilemma of, do we stay at university? Do we go home? What are the impacts? You know, am I going to have to pack for Christmas and prepare to not ever go back? Or that kind of uncertainty, I think, whilst there are clearly differences, there are definitely parallels that we've all experienced throughout this whole thing. 
We are definitely 100%. Um, Let's move things on now. Let's talk about the tuition fee. Should students get a full refund? I'm going to go to Zena. Zena, just a reminder, she's a student at the University of Liverpool. Um, Do you think students should get a full refund? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like in an ideal world, obviously, yes, but I think a partial refund might be, I think that would be fairly reasonable um, because obviously, like some other like panellists have echoed, like there have been pros and cons. Obviously, it's not been great, but the lecturers have really been trying their best, I'd say, in most situations. Like on my course, like, with Ellie, like, it's English, so it's quite independent. Like, you don't really, like, you don't really do, it's not that different to, you know, pre-COVID times. Like, it's just online. Obviously, you don't get the same interaction. But I would say the resources that we get in, for my course anyway, are pretty similar. So I wouldn't, obviously, it would be nice to have a full refund, but I wouldn't expect them to for my course. But you know, for music, for example, or like another course like psychology, I might be like, I think I would have a very different experience, a much more negative experience of the whole thing. Mm. And definitely, you know, the hours that like, for example, with me, my lecturers, they, we don't actually have lectures, we just have seminars and workshops. So like the lectures are pre-recorded and you just do it on your own accord. Really. And I guess motivation or it's just not great yeah. structure. But you know, yeah. yeah. Do you think if you were going to throw a figure out there of how much you think this year's worth? It's currently nine thousand three hundred, I think. Uh, what? What? How much do you think it's worth this year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Full part figure. <laughs> um. So let me think. My maths isn't too great. I'll admit. I'd say like. Three grand, maybe three. Three uh, £3,000 to pay or £3,000 off? No, to pay. I mean, I think that might be a little bit. Okay. It, it matches It matches a similar sum for an online course at the Open University, that. so. Yeah, could, could exactly. And I feel like, I mean, it's a difficult one because obviously that would be generalising. Like, there's, what, hundreds of courses at uni. Like, it will range from, like, philosophy to medicine to, like, chemistry like there's so many different courses so I think it'd be hard to just put one figure on it but for my course maybe three maybe I'd say a lot less for courses that have labs all of that yeah yeah but the university is still got to pay their bills they've still got to pay the lecturers they're still got to pay their heating they're still got to pay their uh, water bill they've got to pay rent there's a lot of bills they've still got to pay and they're obviously not getting the income they'd get from holding events from student restaurants, bars, outlets, shops. Um, and also you probably have also seen a drop of the total amount of students studying. I think that was reported at Liverpool. Um, so is that is it still fair for them to to, vent, to, to suggest that they, you char- they charge £3,000? Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think obviously most humans, understandably, we are, you know, we think about ourselves and from a selfish point of view, I'll be like, oh, I don't want to pay that much. But I think, obviously, they've got, it's like landlords as well, like, as annoying as it is, they've got bills to pay too. Like, so I think, in regards to, well, with heating, you just think that most of the buildings are closed, so you'd like to think that there's, you know, they, yeah, they still are do really have, struggling. They will still have to run uh, hot water and yeah, through the pipes. 
That's true. I think a discount would be nice. But, you know, I think, yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> let's... No, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's sorry, go... no. I just, I think... Sorry, carry on. Sorry, Ooh, carry sorry. on, carry on, carry on. I'm sorry, my Wi-Fi just cut off for a second, but it's fine. No, 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 Karen, you, that was I, thought, I thought, okay, sure thing. Uh, let's go to Erin then. Uh, um, just a reminder, she's studying popular music at the University of Liverpool. Uh, she earlier in the podcast, uh, she said that there wasn't really much, uh, so, well, she couldn't really go into campus to do some of the tech stuff, and it's, she said it wasn't that great. So, Erin, would you like a full refund? Not a full full refund because they like they are trying but it's it's hard when you pay for a seventeen thousand pound recording desk and you're not allowed to use it Mm -hmm. this is (laughs) it's an i have i mean I, i used it for half a semester last year because in the middle of march uni closed before uni closed before we were even in lockdown so and so yeah i mean they are trying and they are putting as many resources as they can but with my course in particular there is a certain limit as to what can be done online there are things that have to be done in person otherwise you have to find other solutions which is what we had to do for the record label and do you think that was up to scratch um was it worth the £9,000? No. no. Okay. Uh, have they given you any equipment you could take home with you or anything like a, a tiny mixer or something like that? Something you could work with at home? I'm lucky that I have my own equipment. Okay, that's good, yeah. So I sort of haven't had to use that. There is equipment that you can take home. I'm actually not sure of the rules around COVID, yeah. seeing as we can't get into the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I am lucky to have my own stuff. Um, I asked Lena the question, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Ballpark figure, how much do you think this year's worth? I was actually thinking exactly the same, like 3000 3, how much I would pay. Yeah. Uh, uh, even though they've still got to pay the staff? Yeah, the thing is, they, like, they say that they're giving us the same, or I've been told that they've been giving us the same quality of teaching. I don't feel that way. Uh-huh. Um. I know they have to pay the staff, but I mean, they've just spent something like 11 million on developing a new building, um, which no one's using. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. a theatre, which you yeah. get money back from selling tickets and stuff, but no one's there, no one's using it. So I think the timing of that might have been a little bit off. Um, so yeah, that's... But yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen that building. I think it's going to be a very nice uh, new... Isn't it... To John Lennon, isn't it? It's named after a Beatle, I think. It's named after someone. I can't. It is named. It is named after someone, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't remember who it, who it is. Um, pretty sure there was like some sort of votes on it on it on an email once. Probably, probably, probably ignored that in first year myself. I'm a university level student as well. Just to clarify that, <laughs> uh, we'll go to Ellie now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on the question: Should students get a full refund? You can answer it if you want to. Uh, but I want to ask you, do you ha- have you had issues connecting to online resources? Oh, that's a good question. Um, genuinely, no, actually. I think I've been very lucky because yeah. um, I've done part of my university time was at home during the first lockdown. 
and this time around it's been at our flat which is quite close to our university so I can actually get to the library now which is useful but um but I think in terms of online resources the only difficulty is um I'm quite lucky in a way that I go technically to two unis so I do a module with UCL as well as Royal Holloway so yeah. I have access to all of UCL's resources as well which is lovely um so I'm quite lucky in a way so for example a lot of my dissertation couldn't be written without UCL's library even though my dissertation topic is with Royal Holloway so um I'm very lucky and fortunately I think for some of my friends as well who have been like I probably shouldn't be doing this but it's kind of like if they need a specific article I can get it for them if they really can't get it through Royal Holloway but I think to be fair it's like I'm paying them as well so it's like it's an article it's still part of my degree my friend really can't write a dissertation I'm going to get one article for her but it's like I'm quite lucky whereas I know other people for example like my friend who had to ask me for that her entire dissertation rested on it so and it's something as simple as one chapter in but because our uni hasn't bought the rights for it um you suddenly automatically get this firewall go up and it's just like, oh great right so this piece that would have been perfect that I need to write this entire essay that's going to cost quite a lot of my grade I can't get hold of which is great um, and even if you email um advisors and stuff they're still like I'm sorry the university controls this what they've paid for is what you're getting wow. um and most of the time it's all right but obviously there are occasionally times where it's a flaw and obviously when it comes to independent projects particularly in our third year we have a lot of freedom and we're expected to go off and find new fields and then the kind of the more original the idea the better so but you need more resources for that so a lot of our kind of dissertations and big projects have been really limited because you can't a get to the archives um or the online archives are blocked to us um because we're not master students there is a kind of that weird you have to be of a certain level to get to it um, or even letters to get you into the, through the door doesn't work anymore because you have to be there in person and obviously they're not open so um, I think it really does depend but I've been quite lucky myself but um, I know others have suffered a bit. Well I guess the uh, issue with the online resources was there before uh, coronavirus hit but it's still, it's still an issue very important issue uh, but with the with the access to the archives, I, I mean, beforehand, I guess you could go and visit them in person. And I guess the online resources you could access. I'm not sure if there'd be them there in person. Um, but how important are these online archi- archives to your study if you can't get in-person archives? Oh, that is a very good question. They're really important if you can't yeah. get to the in-person one. So we've actually got modules. So if you've got modules on visual and material culture or archaeology or anything that requires a museum... Um, you're a bit screwed at the moment because (laughs) you have to find very creative ways to get hold of information Um, and also it's in terms of what is actually accurate and what is so a lot of there's a couple of big institutions as well and art galleries at the moment who are doing these huge online moves so and it's part like I think COVID's given a bit of a fright suddenly like there's this whole archive of information that we've got no idea or access to and resource researchers have just suddenly hit a wall um, so there's a lot of kind of online work going on at the moment to put them online, but it's still going to yeah. take another couple of years. So by the time it actually comes through, we'll all be out of education. So, um, but yeah, I think definitely the question of they're definitely necessary. Um, but and for my degree particularly, and I think anything in the humanities as well, or I don't know how it works with geography, for example, but I think kind of main um, like history, archaeology, art history, that sort of thing, they really city art history that relies on galleries so yeah, it's really yeah. there are difficulties but it's okay no the good thing with geography is we're mostly encouraged not to look at uh, older 
geographical articles because they do have links to um, slave trade, coloni colonization, uh, the term Oriental study. So we are we are actually quite encouraged not to go any further uh, before like the 1950s, 1940s, really. Um, although sometimes it is interesting just to see the language they do use. I'm sure you find that in history as well in some of the academic papers. Um, right, I'll go to Rachel next. Uh, do you think there should be a safety net introduced? Big question. Oh, I think definitely there should be a safety net introduced. Um, if we're talking generally about like all universities across the country, I think 100% there needs to be some kind of consideration because it's not just about, you know, whether you can access the resources, whether you're lucky enough to be able to find them online, whether, you know, you've suffered or not academically. Also, there's so many other factors that go into how well you do, you know, like whether you've personally or been affected by somebody who's had COVID and the emotional stress that that's caused, whether you've stressed about money because you've lost your part-time job, whether you've been separated from your parents, not been able to go home. There are so many other stresses which we just wouldn't have like pre-COVID. And I think that massively impacts your ability to focus and like especially anxiety levels kind of linking to the stuff we talked about last week. Um, so definitely, I think it's really important to kind of consider all aspects to learning, not purely like the academic aspect that we can have access to. Um, so you talk about relieving stresses if there was a safety net from anxiety, um, especially with the academic side of things. So if there was a safety net in, I think most universities uh, last year who introduced the safety net, it was based on previous average grades before the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so, but would do you think that will limit your motivation to do better? I don't think so because, I mean, I suppose I can't speak for any, for, I can't, I can't oh my gosh, my words. <laughs> I said, but I suppose I can't speak for everybody, but I would say the majority of people who are at university have worked really hard to get to university. Some mm. way or another, we all want to be here. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. Like why pay nine grand for a degree if you don't want to do it? Yeah. Um, and so I think, I don't think it would affect motivation. I think it would just relieve the stress, you know, because I think everybody wants to do well. We all want to come out with the best grades possible because these grades are what, can, are what are going to influence our futures, our job prospects. And so it's in our best interests to do well. And I think, if, you know, we're really struggling with the stress or anxiety or personal issues that are going on because of the pandemic. I think we are almost owed a safety net to yeah. kind of compensate for that. Have you had a safety net at any point during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yes. So last year we did have a safety net. Um, I think we had a best 90 policy. So they took our top 90 credits out of our modules in second year and averaged those and missed okay. out kind of the worst ones. And I think there was a general safety net as well. But I don't quite know how that works because that one didn't affect me. I had the best 90 policy. Um, and then this year for second years, again, there is a best 90 policy. I believe the same kind of policies that Royal Holloway implemented last year for second years. But for third years, the policy is slightly different this year because they recognise the fact that we've now had basically two years of examined work in a pandemic. So they they kind of don't really have anything to compare our work to because there's nothing which counts towards our degree that we've done without the influence of the pandemic. And I think that's really influenced the way they create the policies because there is no longer a before and after, you know, they only have the COVID work to go on. 
So uh, for finalist students this year, I think what they're doing is either saying they'll calculate our grades as normal with including the second yeah. year with the best 90 policy and everything. Or I think if our third year grade is better than our second year grade, our whole degree classification will be based on that third year grade. But That's really interesting. Yeah, and I know lots of universities have done it differently. I was speaking to Ellie the other day and she was saying that UCL have lowered the grade boundary for our first to 68.5, I think. So I think each university has done it slightly differently, but there is yeah. some form of support in there for everybody. I think the university for third year students only, if you get 68% in a third year module, it will get rounded up to a first, which is 70. Um, are you worried about uh, your grades this year or... Is that stress being relieved because of the pandemic? Uh, because of the pandemic, because of the safety net you have. Um, I am worried about my grades. I suppose I want to do well. I'm mm. very aware that this is my third year. It's really important. Um, but I mean, for lack of a better phrase, it is what it is. Yeah. Like we've been dealt this hand of cards. We've done it for a year. It doesn't mean that the stress has gone away. But at least we've had practice of doing an exam season because we had to sit exams last year in the height of the pandemic. We've kind of done the studying in a pandemic before and at least we know what to expect. It doesn't make things any less stressful and I'm 100% certain that the pandemic will have negatively influenced my grades. Yeah. But I think we just have to do the best with what we've got and try our best and hope that that gets us where we want to go and if not I'm sure every single employer under the sun is going to understand that we've been studying through an incredibly stressful period of time and I can't see why anybody would kind of say oh you you didn't get a first why not and you know if we don't get a first if we don't get a 2-1 we've been studying in a pandemic and I think the fact that we all come out with degrees at all is an achievement in itself to be honest. I'm going to go uh, to Zena now you earlier said that you'd like a, a rent well, not rent reduction, we'd like a tuition fee reduction of around about £6,000 to have about a £3,000 payment for this year. But going on that, do you think that's still fair? Because there's an extenuating circumstances on safety nets at the University of Liverpool. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. I do definitely agree with everything you said, Rachel. I think, like, every uni is doing it differently. I think it's just, obviously, in terms of, like, academics and, I guess, the emotional side of it, you extenuate circumstances help with that but the uni experience isn't just academics so obviously that's great like having a safety net having extenuating circumstances in place but what about rent what about people who have like I'm lucky that I don't mm. have financial stresses but I know so many people that have and they've I'm sure you know they've been furloughed if they're lucky not necessarily and I think those are the considerations to be made as well um like I know Liverpool do have, they have been pretty good. I remember my exams in second year, last summer, they were, I think they gave us like an extra 10 days. Was it five? An extra 10 days or so? Like It was just, five or 10, yeah. It was like quite a lot, I think, for my course anyway. And like, that was really cool. I think they kind of were a bit too generous with that, to be honest. But they have been <laughs> like, good with it. But I would say that doesn't, mean that rent should or like tuition fees um can't also be like modified because i think it all kind of there's so many different factors with covid obviously grades are like a big part of it and i 
appreciate that a lot of unis have put measures into place, but I think that other considerations for rent, tuition fees, all of that should be made as well, and more support maybe financially um, for certain people. You make some very good points there about the social aspects. I'm going to come back to that probably very shortly, but I just want to very quickly ask uh, Ellie or Erin, do you have any differing opinions on a safety net? Or you both agree that there should be one? Cool, I can see nodding heads. Right, I'm going to carry on with the social side of things then. I didn't want to miss anyone's opinion on that. Um, so, so the social experience has 100% changed at the university in the past year. Pretty much in the past year since March 2020 when COVID hit. Uh, bars, bars did open uh, in September, October. Uh, but since November and during March to the end of the... 2019 2020 year there wasn't really much nightlife or you couldn't really see any um, during the whole time you can't really see anyone outside of your household has been a few exceptions to the rules uh, throughout that period but the majority of the time it has been that so Zena, you you mentioned about social side of things how has your social experience been in the past year it's really not been great like mm-hmm. you know liverpool it's got such good nightlife you just can't do anything <laughs> it's just really annoying but I mean, it's a loaded question because there are a lot of people that I know that just really don't care. They're just doing anything. They're going to like massive like New Year's parties. Yes. Just like I think a house across the road from me got like a ten grand fine the other month. Wow. So you know, people are just like, oh, like, we're young and free. We're like we're in Liverpool, like wherever we can do whatever. So I think it kind of depends on how much you care. Um, I. Me and my house have been quite careful. I mean, which has, socially, it's really annoying. Sometimes even, like, friends don't understand. They're like, oh, come over. It's like, can't, this kind of, like, pandemic going on. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know about that. But, um, so it's kind of, I find it difficult, actually, that, because some people would almost expect you to break rules for them. So I think, and obviously, with, like, clubs and that, um, there's so many places in town um, that, we just can't go to and even when the bars are open like that was nice but you know clubs weren't open and, yeah <laughs> well boris so, did mention I mean, he did mention them didn't he the other day he said um uh, boris did say that they might be able to reopen shortly with rapid testing no explanation yeah, to the, no explanation true. to the length of time shortly is though that could be two years that could be two weeks yeah <laughs> yeah who knows exactly yeah i mean i think it's not the end of the world i'm a final year i need to like my head down anyway but I think mm-hmm. the first year second years first especially like it's so unfortunate like like no one comes to Liverpool without wanting to like go on and that, do you know what I mean it's like yeah. they're going out city they just feel like it's a bit of a shame for them in particular um I saw Erin I saw you uh, nodding your head when we're talking about uh, people breaking lockdown rules do you have any thoughts on that um <laughs> a little bit um yeah I think the thing is people are it's gone on for so long now and people are just getting fed up of of everything and they just want to they want life to go back to normal they want to see each other again um i mean my boyfriend lives on his own um so i've sort of bubbled with him and i see him occasionally otherwise he would see no one he saw no one literally from march to september i think so cuz he stayed here rather than going back home which I I can imagine but it's interesting because like the social life in my flat in particular 
for some reason and we think it was because we were living in a very cold damp dark house none of us wanted to see each other we all wanted to stay in our rooms in our beds just away from each other but we've actually socialized together a lot more um and we find nice things to do with just the five of us um and sort of planning little like evenings like themed evenings together gives us something to look forward to and sort of gives us some form of normal life when everything else isn't open um what, what do you think of i'm not maybe you have in the past but what do you think of people who are breaking and flouting lockdown rules and mixing households what do you think about that i i have mixed feelings because mm. i think I can I can un- I can completely understand why people are doing it. But at the same time nothing is going to get better if people are still constantly mixing and seeing other people. Mm. It's it's one of those things that I mean cuz like the f- people in the flats above us they've had people over they've had parties. Yeah. Which and yeah and so we we we've gone on walks with people. As I say, I, I see my boyfriend. That's allowed. Yeah. Your boyfriend's <laughs> coming over, boyfriend. that's allowed as well. But yeah, so it's 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 difficult because I completely understand why, but also I do get annoyed at people when they do, but I mm. can then sympathise with them, so I'm very on the fence about um, it. Does anyone else have any opinions about students mixing households? I go to Rachel. Yeah, so... I feel quite strongly about this, actually, mm. um, basically because over the first lockdown, um, I ended up getting separated from my parents. Like I didn't manage to get home in time and it made things really, really difficult um, kind of going through that stressful period of time. Yes, I was in a house full of students and we kind of all agreed we were going to stay together throughout the entirety of lockdown. Um, but then I moved house and I was basically on my own, not allowed to see anybody, not allowed to travel for three months. And like, it was okay. I am content with being by myself. Like it is something you learn to get used to, but it's like on top of that, I've got friends and family who work in the NHS, who work with the emergency services, Mm. you know, um, members of my like close friendship circle have had COVID and really suffered with it. And it just, you know, for them to be giving up so much, for them in some ways to be sacrificing their mental well-being, for me to have given up seeing my parents for nearly a year and not seeing my grandparents in a year and a half, like, it really feels like a kick in the teeth when people break the rules. And I have absolutely no sympathy. Like, I'm just going to put that one out there because it's like, I didn't isolate for three months and not see my family because I wanted to. I did it because that's just what has to be done at the moment. And it might be an unpopular opinion, to be honest. Um, And I do, I do see why people do it. I do see that people miss each other, but it's like, I missed my mom's birthday this year. I'm going to miss my dad's birthday next week. And I know that that's going to happen. And that's just the way it is. And we just have to get used to it until it gets better. And yeah, in the meantime, kind of Ellie and I, I think we mentioned last week, but Ellie and I live together <laughs> and um, we've decided to kind of embrace it and just kind of say, well, if we can't go to the SU, bring the SU to our living room. So we now have theme nights on a Friday. I think That's Friday brilliant. is going to be a fetish Friday okay. because that was a classic for the SU. If you don't know what that is, 
go and look it up royal holloway fetish friday <laughs> and um no we dressed up in ball gowns last week we like make the table look nice we have wine we treat ourselves we take photos yeah like we're just making the best of what we've got at the moment and i think that's what we just have to encourage everyone to do is it just you and ellie in a house together yeah, it is. Just it's you. just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, let me bring Ellie in then. <laughs> um, so say if you uh, lived with other members of the household, this can actually go to anyone as well. Uh, say if other people in the house weren't uh, obeying lockdown rules, but you wanted to stick to those rules, how would you feel about that? Oh, that is a good question, actually. Um, I think I wouldn't be very happy with it, but I think it's Rachel put it really well, actually. Um, and I think because we're kind of obviously we've lived together for three years now, so we know each other very well. Um, we're very <laughs> kind of aligned with how we think about things. Um, but I think I would. It's difficult to comprehend because I haven't ever been in that situation, but I've seen people in the local yeah. area yeah. and like other friends' households that do do it. Um, and it's one of those where it's like I always have to grit my teeth and kind of go, yeah, okay, and just like try not to say anything because Mm -hmm. obviously like I care a lot about my friends and I don't want them getting ill and I don't want them causing kind of stress or getting caught doing something illegal but there's also kind of that thing with it's like it's priorities and I think it's been really interesting now kind of the fact that we're coming to the end of our university like both Rachel and I are coming to the end of this specific university experience but like the plans that we've got for the future really like really rely on the world getting better um, and it's like, and we've got the the experience that kind of that we want to have relies so heavily on that, and also being able to see our families and actually kind of live a normal life. That is the priority right now. So I think it's like anything else, it's not even up for debate really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yes, obviously social distance walks are okay, and like I'm very lucky that I get tested very regularly with my work, so we're like we're good in terms of keeping safe. But it's like trying to not, I think the way that like Rachel and I have always kind of approached it is it's not just protecting yourself, you're protecting the other people you live with as well. So it's like very much that my mentality whenever something's going on and whether I'm at work is like I'm not just looking after myself, I'm looking out for Rachel as well. Because it's like when like we both share the same space, we have the same kind of amenities, um, whatever, normally like realistically whatever I catch, she's definitely going to get and vice versa. So it's, I think that's kind of, it's priorities of you've got to do what you've got to do to keep the ones that you care about safe um and I think yeah as Rachel quite rightly put it and I agree there isn't a negotiation with that and I do have sympathy with it I really do um and obviously we all miss loved ones and we really like I miss so much about kind of life before lockdown there is so so much but I'm not going to get that life back if we don't stick to it so yeah yeah um and a lot I, I did try to get some people on who are mixing households but you can imagine they weren't quite keen on coming on the uh the podcast radio to talk about that so uh, i'll summarize some of the thoughts and opinions that they uh they have told me in the past a lot a lot of people say uh, that the reason they are mixing households or seeing other people and seeing friends is because they're fed up that seems to be a big reason Fed up. It's been a year now. Haven't seen anyone else. That's one of the reasons. But one of the... I guess it leads into the same one. Is mental health. They say it's impacting their mental health. 
just living with their house and not seeing other people. And mental health has been hugely affected in this pandemic. Uh, People aged 18 to 24 reported worse mental health and well-being during the 2020 lockdown. Nearly three quarters of students said their mental health declined during lockdown. Um, I'm going to go to Zena. What do you think? Do you think it's... If, if, if with mental health issues, if you're a lot of people are experiencing it, is that a justified reason to 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 go and see other people? Um, so first of all, it was, I was just gonna say it's really nice actually to hear Rachel actually like because I just feel like I know no students apart from my house that are actually distancing. So that's nice to hear. Um, yeah, it's like I do get it. Like I've got close friends who I've actually lost respect for. Like that they're just like oh well we're fed up like I get it but everyone's fed up like we're all in the same boat and you know I get they're like oh well it just seems to be the people that complaining the most about these rules are the people that aren't following it it's Mm -hmm. like why like it shouldn't bother you that much because you're still going out to like you know see xyz um on a daily weekly basis so I think obviously you see the appeal like I'm stuck in a house of people and there's a lot of arguments you know we're all very different people we have quite a few arguments so it's kind of a bit it's hard but there's you know without sounding too harsh like it is life like I get that. you can't really obviously mental health is important as well but you know we can go and socially distance but what... and i think everyone has sorry go on okay yeah so you're you're staying you're following the rules um i think that's what you're saying but i gather that your house might not be following the rules as much as so, you are. actually no my house are but it's okay. um friends that i don't live with that aren't okay. really so how's that okay so your friends are not following the rules they're seeing each other's friends is that impacting your mental health i mean it's a little bit like it's a little bit of a kick in the teeth it's a bit like oh like now i can't see you for a socially distanced walk because she's probably got yeah. like covid yeah. or yeah. he's got this and that it's a bit annoying but then i'm just like you know what? It's good. Like some days, it's just an excuse to flake on people. I'm a very flaky person, <laughs> so it kind of works out well for me, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know. I feel like it isn't great because almost you feel a bit excluded, and then um, they'll be like, "Oh, we didn't ask you because we know you're following the rules and we know your house is strict with it." And I was like, "I'm glad you didn't ask," but also it's like, "Oh no!" Like, but I, it's a weird situation to be put in. Like, and some people just really don't care. Like, and they're just like, "Oh." Well, we're young and free and it's like well, not really and then, I don't know it's very annoying like it makes me quite angry <laughs> as you can tell I think yeah. the opinion here is quite uh, similar with uh, the mixing of households um, I'm going to wrap this podcast up very shortly but I just want to go uh, to Erin do you think do you think there's a good enough mental health support within universities particularly at the moment during the COVID-19 pandemic personally no mm-hmm. as someone who has well, I was diagnosed with anxiety in 2016, I think. So okay. I've had it for five years now. Um, well, but I'd imagine you had it before that as well. You just undiagnosed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, and also I'm not one who, I will admit, I'm not one who likes asking for help. So yeah. if I have a problem, I generally won't ask. Um, but I just, I, with online teaching i don't like having my camera on i have it on but i don't like it i feel like everyone is watching me and (laughs) that sort of adds to the not liking to ask for help um and which sort of makes it harder but there's not really any sort of support in 
if okay if you feel this way then we can do this or um yeah it's 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 hard because obviously like you can't go in to talk to um anyone for advice or anything it's all virtual and I think talking virtually about issues or problems you may have is often harder than talking face to face because there is no as people said there's no human connection it just you're just talking to a screen and that like your entire life now is based around screens and technology um and yeah I just it's 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 hard but I I don't think I don't think they are doing enough I don't know what else they could do because Mm -hmm. of the limitations I understand that I understand that um before I finish off I just want to go to Ellie and uh, Rachel uh, both students at the same university. Do you have any other opinions on mental health or yours quite similar to Erin's? I see Rachel. Yeah, um, I I agree. I definitely have friends who really have had struggles with their mental health. I know I've probably struggled with my mental health as well. Um, I think it is a big problem. I think more needs to be done. If you ask me what needs to be done, I really don't know. I, I'm going to be one of those people that says more needs to be done, but not provide a solution. I I don't know what the solution looks like right now. I don't think many people do, to be honest. We're all kind of muddling through from one day to the next. Um, I think the best thing we can do at the moment, though, in terms of supporting everyone we love is just being there to talk to, you know, making sure that you're available, sending a text to a friend who maybe doesn't talk to you that often, but say, hey, I've not heard from you in a while, just checking you're okay. So I don't know. I think it's very difficult because like Erin said, our lives are through screens right now. It's really hard to have a genuine and emotional connection with people through a screen. So yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what the answer is, to be honest, but I think just to have patience with everybody and recognise that we're all going through things slightly differently uh would you have anything to add to that ellie no i just i think just kind of i agree with what rachel said completely and i think and what erin was saying beforehand as well um i think it is important for i mean our university has i think long suffered with trying to find a mental health kind of way of dealing with mental health conditions and and finding that it's like they don't really have the staff or the resources for it but actually, that's not really something that's their fault. It's, it's like it's a funding issue. And I think we were talking about this the other day, kind of the idea that the NHS is so stretched anyway. Um, and to kind of get the level of treatment that some people need, it's like only really available privately. And like most people can't afford that. So it really is. It's such a kind of. Well, there really almost isn't a solution at the moment. I think until COVID isn't the number one priority, which is horrible to like kind of the fact that you have to kind of make that choice but it is kind of a life life and death decision here and unless you're kind of at that point of potentially like a life-threatening condition that's when it now becomes an intervening thing in terms of university or hopefully a hospital service as well but um but I think it's definitely something after the pandemic there's going to be some serious a debates but also changes needed because it's just like I think it's really shown how limited systems currently are at the moment but at the moment to be fair they can't really do much else so i'm very sympathetic on that front to be fair some really interesting uh, views there on mental health i would like to talk about it more but we really don't have the time on this uh, podcast so we will definitely explore uh, mental health in particular with, around 
COVID-19 pandemic and how that's been impacting students in a future podcast. Uh, before I do all the wrapping up, would anyone else like to say any comments on today's podcast? Doesn't matter if you don't want to. Uh, I'll go to Rachel, last comment from her. Uh, sorry, I keep saying things. No, it's good. Um, it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, it'd, be, it'd be bad if you couldn't say anything. <laughs> I'm chatty, what can I say? Um, I just, I think as crappy as it might be at the moment, like everyone's having their own experience and good or bad, mixed, whatever. <sighs> I just I'm hanging on to this hope that it will not last forever. Yep. Like there will be an end point. And even if I don't believe it, it's like a mantra that I'm repeating, like it won't last forever. It will be over at some point because it will be over at some point when that is. We don't know, but it will be over at some point. I think it's really important not to lose sight of the fact that this will end at some point. Uh, anyone else have any final comments I'd like to make? No worries if not. Um, right, we will finish off there. That has been a discussion on the coronavirus impacts on education for university students. We have talked about tuition fees. I think we all uh, agreed, the youth panel all agreed, that the tuition fee does need to be refunded. We talked about the social aspects of it, about how uh, students are flouting uh, lockdown rules, and maybe that's not the most fair thing on NHS, particularly uh, particularly due to uh, some Erin, well, uh, sorry, Rachel, you said a very personal story there in the thoughts, but that was very interesting. Um, and finally, we talked about mental health, and also we had a, a guest on Maggie. She's a she was a student from Berlin, <laughs> studying at Queen Margaret's University in Edinburgh. She's had some very interesting points of view there. If it's your first time listening to Youth Talk here on the Worldwide Youth Radio do go and visit our website to find out more about that. And also, we are on all major spot, uh, all major podcast providers, such as Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. So do go and check out our other shows, which are available. And tell your friends all about them. Heard today are individual views and do not reflect the views of Worldwide Youth Radio in any way. If you would like to have your say on today's discussion, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. Worldwide Youth Radio.